Well, Sophia, we had you on Farm Advice Podcast. Now, we, we've got you in the seat for a good farm yarn. So welcome to Farm Yarns. Oh, thank you, Jack. It's wonderful to be here. That's about business and a little bit more about you. But before we get started, let's just check in. How are you going? Yeah, I'm going pretty good. I had an awful flu last week and I'm back back in the saddle. Sort of, uh, it's wonderful when you come out of a bad flu. You just get a little bounce in your step. So I'm good. Thank you for asking. How are you going? Pretty rampant, actually. It's pretty busy on farm. This is our quiet period after getting all the sheep work done. Um, it just sort of hasn't um, tapered off at all. So it's good to have you on. And also, I appreciate your time. It's past six o'clock now. Um, but go- going well, and these sort of episodes inspire me to keep going for the next day and the next episode. It sort of rolls on for that um, for my next morning. And talking of mornings, what's your morning routine? Yeah, um, look, I'm, I'm not a morning person. Um, so um, I'm unashamedly not a morning person. So um, the the gig at home is I do the evenings with the kids and hubby gets up in the morning and yep. brings me a cup of tea. And then I normally get up, get the dishwasher going, washing on, and then have a little bit of a think about what's on for the day. Yep. Uh, I, I tend to finish the day with writing down the top three things I need to do the next day. Yep. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm just not one of those people who goes, oh, yeah, those are the three things I have to do today. So I'll have a little look and go, yep, got it. And then I'll probably just spend about 20 minutes or half an hour having a think about, you know, that and getting, getting then getting on with it, you know, starting the day. But a coffee normally is wonderful. Um, and then at the desk, 8.30 and, and into it. Beautiful. It's very brave of you to say you're not a morning person because sort of everyone puffs their chest out even if they don't wake up early in the morning. Oh, I'm, I'm just... You know, I, once I get going, I'm fab, but, yeah. you know, I just, yeah, not, yeah, not. And, I'm, and I was a little bit nervous about admitting that on this podcast, I've got to say, because I know that in our industry, you know, you almost have to be a morning person to be successful. So, um, yeah, I was a little nervous about that, but I thought better be honest. <laughs> this will be going out in the morning at 5 a.m. So the morning early birds will be hearing you anyway. But for yourself in 30, 60 seconds, what's your favorite memory on farm? Were you on farm in South Africa? No, I wasn't. I've uh, spent most of my time on farms been here in Australia and um, it was actually getting up really early at five and joining a team, one of the NAPCO properties for breakfast. And it was a beautiful sunrise and it was a cold, crisp day. And um, yeah, just that real sense of everyone sitting around the kitchen table, sharing, you know, eggs and bacon and getting on with, you know, the day and um it's beautiful in the mornings um on property it's different to being you know in the city and getting up and uh yeah I think of that very very fondly it's a good one I like just thinking now and how our family did our mornings and then I'd go stay over at a mate's this is back in the day out with Kenya stay at them and like go mustering in the morning just how they operate a bit differently I'm older now so I can reflect and then a mate up in Queensland it's just a very it's cool to have an insight into what families do and operate and um, always sort of look outside your own sort of square. And hopefully this episode podcast does that for people as well. Mm. Yeah, you're right. You always pick up something when yeah. you chat, when you stay with other people, you always go, oh, I like the way they did that. Or, oh, actually that works, didn't work for me or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, I say that just as it's raining now, we're looking for a job, which is good. But for yourself, who's been the most influential person for you along your journey? 
Yeah, it's my mum. My mum was a professional banker, probably in a time when, you know, you had to choose. You had to choose whether you were mum or you were, you know, a career. And, um, you know, I have a very strong belief that if you can see it, you can be it. And I think, you know, I've, you know, growing up, you know, mum wasn't, you know, at home as much as probably, you know, friends, mums were, but, you know, I often reflect in my career on all the things I picked up just through osmosis. And so, you know, mum's been the most influential person in my life and um, continues to give me a bit of a kick along when I need one, which is great. (laughs) That's a good one. It's probably a good example of like the Matildas. Um, If you see it, you can believe it um, for that whether it's within sporting or even career-wise as well, I think that's opened up a lot of a lot of younger ladies throughout Australia, um, and also for the World Cup worldwide too, I suppose. Yeah, hundred percent. I think if you if you see it, it's not so scary. You know, it's like, oh yeah, oh well, she does that, or you know, he does that, and oh well, you know, Dad cooks dinner, so I just cook dinner, or you know, Mum, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, whatever. And you, you, I think you know. In our sector, there is there isn't you know we are very balanced actually much more than in other sectors yeah. and um, I think you know most most families everyone can do the same jobs actually whether you're mustering or yeah you know it's uh, it's pretty and it's a great way to be as well absolutely and what's a myth you'd like to debunk about your line of work is there any myths out there that yeah yeah it's a great question I think that livestock finance is expensive. You know, um, it's a myth because, you know, with with the finance, you know, our clients generally on a normal trade are generating $6 for every $1 they pay us. And without that finance, you probably can't fund the extra 300 head on property because the bank's pretty much full up. Um, you know, you've got that line of credit from the bank. You have the client's got a working capital and, and a loan for, you know, against the real estate and, it's just not quite enough money to fully stock and create that additional cash flow. Yeah. So I think that's a real myth. I think there is, you know, we're seeing really progressive commercial clients access the funding and going, yeah, actually I'll use my own working capital to fund that fencing or fund those waters. And I'll use your money to buy those, those cattle and get on with creating the extra cash flow. Great. I love it. That's a good one. Um, always like debunking a myth and with the different guests, um, they always change as well. But you covered this one before, night owl or early riser. But what, what sport do you follow instead in Australia? Do you follow? Um, yeah, I do follow sport. My husband is follows every sport you can imagine. So I tend to just tag along with whatever you know we're watching. If we're last night, we watched the Matildas, which was fantastic. Uh, you know, we watch heaps of rugby, uh, cricket. Uh, my son's into tennis, so he plays a lot of tennis. And my daughter's a national swimmer, so. You know, we had a wonderful run of watching the swimming that was on recently and, um, you know, watching the girls that, you know, at our club and and the guys that are at our club at SPW. So it was very actually dear to my heart because, you know, we're, we're seeing those those sportsmen and women train and then how hard they train and then, you know, how they're achieving. It's incredibly inspirational, particularly that swimming, you know, given given we are, you know, dragging our daughter to swimming multiple times a week and off to meet. So, um, yeah, swimming's probably the one that I follow the most, actually. Well, that that would get you out of bed, early risers for the training. They train pretty early. 
Well, here we go. So this is the deal at home. Hubby, you know, we talked about this. Hubby's doing the morning, so he does all that. And then I'm into it in the afternoons or the evenings, cooking all the food and picking it up from the afternoon session. So it's a good recognizing that's your strength, honey. You do you do the mornings and and I'm doing the evening. So yeah, she's she's got Buckley's chance of I'm having to take her to the pool at 5 a.m. Unfortunately, I do have to occasionally, but yeah, dad's dad's a strong one in that area. Great stuff and a good team. I haven't heard Buckley's chance in a while. Um, so what's hot and what's not within finance and maybe even the quick finance of what you supply? Yeah, what's hot and what's not? Um, what's hot is, you know, exploring it. I think if you've got a question around, well, can that work for us or how does that actually work? Pick up the phone, have a chat to us. We'd love to talk about what you're looking for. Um, and how we can help um what's not i mean you know i've got a what's not what's not tell me the sheep and lamb market at the moment oh mate it's just yeah, and it's... how quick how quick it drops um like it rises quite steadily over time and then whack yeah it's come off really really quickly yeah it's yeah you're right it's not hot but also it's allowed for opportunists i suppose with the cheaper sheep getting about to fatten up um so it may in favor for a lot of people out there yeah 100 um something you think we need to be talking about that's not out there in the media um and sort of flies under the radar yeah i i, I mean i think um you know what i think what real life is yeah. i think is, is something i think doesn't really get talked about much we you know we I think people have an idea, young people have an idea about what normal life is, you know, working, running a home, you know, it's got, we've got all these, you know, ideas about life that come off social media, you know, oh, it's perfect. It's not, you know, normal life is you argue with your partner occasionally, you, you know, the kids, kids give you a few headaches, you know, that's just normal life, you know, um, and I think talking realistically about what normal life is, you know, whether that's, you know, a young mum who's just had a baby and saying, oh, you know, gee, when I had my first child, I was totally overwhelmed. You just see the relief, you know, in people's faces or, gee, I'm also having a bit of a tough job with that, you know, a tough uh, run with that cheap job at the moment. You know, people just, they just, you can just see the relief. And I think we, you know, we live a little bit in this world where everything looks perfect and it's it's just not real life. And I think, it creates mental health issues because, you know, it's like, oh, well, they don't seem to be having a problem with that. Well, actually, everyone's got problems. That's normal life, right? Everyone's got a few ups and downs. So I think a bit more just real talking, you know, sharing sharing a few problems over a cuppa and then the other person goes, oh, yeah, me too, or oh, what do you reckon I do about this? I think just sharing, you know, sharing real life and talking honestly, you know, rather than, social media perfect you know this is why five yarns was sort of born because people didn't know how people acted about different decisions or like what their life experiences were they hear about the agribusiness the farm or whatnot on farms of ice and i mean i think it's great to hear like how you're motivated and what challenges you i actually like when i left uni i went into a marketing role and i i don't know a couple months in i was like shit this is really manual work like when you just look at a marketing role, you're like, oh, social media, lights, camera, action. Um, yeah, it was it was draining. 
and then I went to London for a few years and yep, same thing, quite manual. Um, but that's just what happens to get the job done and um, everything from the household, as you said before, just to sort of keep everything sort of ticking along. You've got to put the effort in if you want something out of it. Yeah, 100%, you know, and I think, you know, it it is a bit difficult sometimes to say, oh, tell me what that's really like, you know, but I think, I think you know, if, if we can talk openly in our communities, I think we'd have less people going, oh, I feel really disappointed because you get disappointed when your expectation is not real. And I think if you knew, oh, yeah, okay, what's mustering like? Anyone who's mustered will tell you exactly what it's like. But somebody who sees it on social media will go, oh, that looks, oh, look at that. Look at that beautiful sunset. And, you know, people might have been out from, from 4.30 in the morning and had a, you know, 16-hour day and just, you know, haven't had a single thing to eat all day. Yeah. Like that's what it might be really like. But, you know, somebody goes, oh, I was really disappointed. I went out my string and I thought it was blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, did you actually ask the question that helped you really understand? And so... Yeah, I think if we can talk openly on whatever it is, you know, whether it's having kids or, you know, being in a relationship or going overseas, you know, there would have been amazing things about going overseas, but you also left home and that was probably quite difficult, you know. So, you know, all sorts of things like that. I think that's, I don't think that gets enough conversation in the media, you know, just real conversation, like having real conversations and, you know, doing that. So, yeah. It'd be tough to top that response. I think that was a really good one. Um, oh. <laughs> the we had a mental health report come out and it was pretty shocking on the terms of farmers and producers and everything but we want to know how different people look after themselves take the time out within the finance game being a women within finance uh, oh. you're not the majority anyway how do you take time for yourself to look after you to make sure that you can bounce back and hit the notes that next day yeah, look, I think for me, there's there's a couple of things or a few things there. I think getting a bit of exercise, you know, that helps, you know, three, four times a week, whatever it is, you know, I I like skipping and walking, you know, I do a bit of skipping and uh, walking. I think the other one is, you know, sharing your problems, you know, like a, a problem, what is it, a problem shared is a problem halved or something, you know, it's like, pick up the phone and go oh mum you know or, or just a mate you know like oh, I'm worried about this once you talk about something you usually feel a bit better um I think having things to look forward to is a big one you know like oh okay I love that restaurant but you know probably haven't been there in three months I, I okay in three weeks time I'm gonna you know organize that and you have that to look forward to really you know it it makes you feel good or oh okay well I haven't you know gotten into town for whatever for, for ages but when I go in to get you know talking to Abby who works in our business so you know going to town I'm going to meet so-and-so for a drink yeah it's, it's exciting you've got something to look forward to I think that day-to-day -day grind of getting up and doing the same thing I think you know having things to look forward to you, and, and also if you have a bad day you have a bit of a shit day like not every day is going to be good so I think also kind of being kind to yourself when you have a bit of a bad day you're like yeah it was a bad day or a not as good day somebody told me the other day don't call it a bad I said oh it wasn't as good a day you know you go it can't always be good again going back to the mental health thing we're talking about not every day is going to be you know amazing it can't be it's not real life going back to you know that point you know you have a you have a great day not every day is going to be great right that's just not realistic 
that's a good point. I when I was over in London, um, we sort of needed everything each quarter, even something each month to look forward to because just the winters were pretty oh. unbearable as an Aussie going over there. Isn't it? Yeah. It's not that it was really cold. It's that it was like could be up to eight, ten months. Um, or just yeah, health. Yeah, I think having things to look forward to is a big one. Yeah. You know, just whatever it is, whatever floats your boat. You know, like going walking, hiking, whatever, catching up with mates. Just having those things in the diary and actually going, yeah, I'm, I actually deserve that. I'm going to put that in the diary because that is important to me and it actually makes me feel good. Mm. And what are you most excited about in 2023? What's a project, either business, personal or family-wise? What's something you, you're working towards? What is that goal, actually? That probably rolls in quite well. Yeah, I I came away from Christmas. Um, both my, my parents turned 70 this year and, you know, because I'm a migrant um, and COVID and a whole lot of things. Dad lives in the US and mum lives in South Africa. And I realized I hadn't seen either of them in recent times. And I went, you know what? That's the single most important thing I can do this year. And I recently went away, you know, um, and and caught up with my folks. And, you know, I feel sort of super happy going back to that, you know, that stuff that really matters. I think sometimes we lose, you know, lose focus on the big picture. It was like, gee, I haven't seen my dad in that many years. I haven't seen mum in, you know, and so just, you know, stepping back, you know, like we were talking about on Farms Advice, you know, stepping back planning. It's like, okay, it was quiet at Christmas. Like, what do I want to, what, I, what must I do this year? What's super important? And going, yep, I'm going and chatting to Richard and saying, hey, this is super important to me. What do you reckon? He was like, yeah, do it. Absolutely. You know, and so um, I, I feel like I've sort of ticked a really big box this year and catching up with family. Um, so, yeah, the rest of the year, just uh, keep on kicking goals, you know, writing, uh, you know, you know, focusing on our clients, uh, writing, you know, loans for them, helping them, you know, achieve what they need to achieve in their businesses and just maintaining the focus on the client. Like what does the client need? What's the solution we can provide to help the client? I think that's that's what we're here for. And I think when we keep focus on the client, you know, we can have a good outcome in the business. So that's the other big goal. And then, and the family, you know, just keeping things ticking at home. I've got two athletes at home. They just, gosh, they eat, they're teenagers. My God, they can eat those two kids. And they just keep churning out the pastas and the lamb roasts and the, you know, scrambled eggs and avocado on toast and whatever else you can dream up, they'll eat it. <laughs> Good. Just going back, um, without scaring you too much, the I think it was a talker or a comedian or something put it into um or quite physically of like he asked how many times you see your parents a year and the person said four and then how old are they so on average the, like they're going to pass away at 86 on average um and like they said yeah you've only got 10 or 20 times to see your parents again if you keep seeing them at the same rate and that's a pretty shocking sort of number to be confronted with and puts you in your seat and probably to go see your parents a bit more or any family member for that fact. Yeah, it's very sobering, you know, when you said, oh, you know, not to shock you, but it is, you know, I think when you stop and think it's the same as kids, you know, our daughter is coming on 15 and, you know, I went off, I left home at 18. I went off to study and I traveled. I was an exchange student and I, you know, I never lived at home really after 18. So she's in theory, she could be gone in three, four years. And, 
you know, so it goes both ways, yeah. you know, it's, it's your folks, but it's also, you know, raising kids is pretty full on and it doesn't stop. And then, and then you hear people say, and then you, 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 you know, one day you wake up and they're gone and, you know, just trying to be present in that. And, um, but yeah, you're right. When you, when you do stop, you just go, oh, well, you know, and it's whether it's parents or kids, it's, it is, can be very sobering to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. What's something you think the audience may not know about you? I'll give you a bit of a giggle because um, often when I say this, people do go, oh, so I'm I'm actually Greek. I'm Greek descent, married to an Italian, I'm born in South Africa, living in Australia, so a bit of a citizen of the world. Um, and I, I love Australia. Like it's just so, it's home for me. And, and um, yeah, my mum was born in North of Africa, my dad in Mozambique. And so I just, I feel like I can, you know, meet lots of different people and interact with them and find something in common. Um, That's pretty, pretty cool. Like my, my partner's Spanish. Um, oh, yeah. And that gives me a good holiday to go over Spain. Perfect. So Spanish farmers do it. She's actually over there now at the moment, left me behind on farm, but I'll go meet her later on. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Wonderful. So you got a bit of European in your home. I hope you get to have some good tuppers or something <laughs> married to a Spaniard or partnered up with a Spaniard rather. <laughs> yeah. She's a good cook as well and all the Spanish sort of food. They love love their food and like they're pretty centered around the family table, which is quite cool. Like her family, we used to, I well during COVID, I was over there and got kicked back. But there was a 10-month delay. So I was just the I'd lay the table for each lunchtime. The family would come home. This is during work. And then yeah. they'll split and go back to work um, after a little siesta if they had one or not. Um, it's just it's a different world, but they're traditional. Like that's been going on for years. Did you um, get a bit of red wine at lunch with your uh... red wine at lunch? And like the sun, I picture it as like our Sunday lunch, maybe or even like our Easter lunches, and that's what I felt like I was prepping it every day. Yeah, we're um. You know, very lucky. You know, we we eat pretty European at home, and yeah, we, there's always yeah dinner and breaky around the kitchen table, and yeah, somebody has to set the table. And, um, yeah, it's it's good if you eat well, isn't it? It's always good if you eat well. I'll have to come over one day. The Greek food's pretty nice, I reckon. Please, please, you're welcome. Welcome, you're absolutely welcome. Yeah, we'd be delighted. Get 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 the kids cooking you some gnocchi. My daughter's a bit of a gnocchi maker, and so yeah, we'll. Uh, we we we'll be absolutely welcome, Jack. <laughs> What's your uh, best productivity hack? Is it oh, doing something or is it removing something? Like it's always different for people. Yeah. My my latest one actually, this is a bit of a new one, is um working to ninety percent. So instead of working to a hundred or hundred and twenty or, you know, when you finish the day and you've just basically there's nothing left in the tank and you do that every day or a week straight or two weeks or a month, there's something really different about working to 90% each day. Is that like to leave 10% back at the house, household? Yeah. Well, no, just leave 10% in your tank. Like, so, you know, instead of like walking, you know, working every day till you fall over, whether that's doing that extra load of laundry or finishing that extra set of accounts or, you know, doing an additional task on property or whatever is just don't finish each day with nothing in the tank. It's the it's the proverbial tank, you know, it's kind of like it's just, you know, 
don't go to bed with nothing in the tank every day because there, there seems to be like a cumulative effect of it. It's almost like, you know, if you if you go to zero every time, it actually takes harder to get back to 100%. So just just work to 90 and go, yeah, I think I've, I think I've you know, got a little bit of, I've just got a little bit, because that's a bad habit of mine. You know, I could kind of work until there's nothing left in the tank. And then you you get that fatigue and you're like, well, why am I so fatigued? And it's like, well, if you work until there's nothing left in the tank every day consistently, yeah. well, it's it's like running a, you know, just running a motor to till it fails every day and then expecting it to start the next day when the engine has cooled down. Or I'm I'm probably not giving the right technical, mechanical example, but you know what I mean? You yeah. know, it's just like, Oh, it's just like anything, right? So that's that's my latest one, and it's it's actually serving me very well at the moment. Yeah, I'm quite quite enjoying it. I was not expecting it. I was like, oh, I don't know if I like that. I think oh, it sounds a bit, but it's actually working working quite well for me. Yeah, there might be a few people off the back of this episode take that away and even trial it to see how they go. Um, for those closing in on burnout, um, it's hard to know when burnout is when you're a farmer because you have to get up, especially livestock. Um, yeah, that all too well. But if you weren't doing what you were doing, what would Sophia be doing? What would that be for you? Yeah, it's. I think it's it's less about the actual activity and it's more about the people. I think what's changed for me in the last sort of five years is, you know, it's not technically what I'm doing every day. You know, like you, you sort of get to the stage. For me, I've gotten to the stage in my career where probably done, you know, enough technical. I've got technical capability enough areas in my field of finance that, um, you know, I can probably figure it out if I don't know it or I can consult with somebody who can help me work it out. But what makes, you know, the job wonderful is the people, you know, and I think if I wasn't working with Richard and Nick and Abby and others in our team, um, I'd want to find another team where, you know, I, I could enjoy, you know, the work because of the people, not because of the actual work. Um, so I think it'd be about finding, you know, somewhere where you can feel at home and feel like you're delivering good outcomes in whatever you're doing. Um, and people are can do and, you know, good to work with and figure it out. If you don't know how, what to do, you'll figure it out because you, you're a good group of people and you'll figure it out. So yeah, people. That's a good one. I had, I keep dropping London, but I will again. Um, a job in London, and then like if my workmate wasn't there, it'd just be you'd be a bit of a shit of a day because you just yeah, no one exactly. to connect with, and everyone else you didn't or oh, they were higher or they were further away from your project or something like that. Um, yeah, the day so much easier, so much easier, and you know if you have a bit of a not great one or you're trying to figure something out, you you can ring your it feels like a mate, you know it is a mate. Ultimately, the people you work with best outcomes as their mates as well. Um, but early in my career, I wasn't really chasing that. I was chasing a lot of like good experience, quote unquote. Oh, I should do that job because I'll get good experience instead of, you know, I, th I think if, you know, when I'm mentor, I do talk about that. I was like, do you feel like you can be yourself there? Do you feel like you, you know, you're valued, you can, you know, contribute in a way? Um, mm. That's a good one. Um, and to finish it off, I sort of started out, oh, must have been at the beginning of this year now. The Farmers Book Club. Are you a bookworm? Do you read books? Yeah, I do like a good book. Yeah, I do like a good book. 
Um, What's your number one recommendation you, you could give us? Um, yeah, can I give you two? Yep, please do. Um, I love the sacred cow. I think it's, you know, it does talk a lot about, um, you know, some of the ESG things that we, you know, we read about in the paper, you know, pe some people have got very firm views about, you know, what we're doing in our industry and what it means and what raising livestock might be doing to the planet or, um, and I think that, you know, provides a, a wonderful alternative view. Um, my other favourite is the Barefoot Investor. I love the Barefoot Investor. I just think there's so many good, sensible ways to run your family finances and just go to bed at night not worrying, you know, about money. Um, I think money is a big one for mental health. Um, yes. And I love I love that idea of having, you know, money saved for a rainy day, money saved for a holiday, money saved for day to day, and it just creates a wonderful peace of mind. So I'm a big Barefoot fan. Um, tend to give them away as gifts, those books. So, yeah, those are my two top picks for you, Jack. <laughs> Very good recommendations, but... This farm yarn, I think we could go on forever if I continued all the questions uh, that I've got here of myself and of others. But I think your responses were second to none, Sophia, and how you dealt with them. I think everyone gets something out of each and everything. Um, even like the it's your role now, so you're escaping your role in the hub you had this morning. Um, and appreciate you coming on later at night. It's good. No, amazing. Thanks, Jack. It's been such a pleasure. I'm off to cook chicken stir fry, which has to go into the lunchboxes as well tomorrow. So I've got to figure out how to make it a double meal. So anyone who cooks knows what I'm talking about, hunting for extra vegetables to chuck it in. But yeah, it's been wonderful chatting to you, Jack. And thanks for your really open questions. It really made me think. And um, it's a pleasure uh, hearing about your, your own experiences as well.